All right, guys. Happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy belated Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year coming up. And uh, here we are. Let's uh, start talking about a couple things. We'll talk first about UFC 232 and uh, the things that I took away from it and the things leading up to it. We'll talk about that as well. But let's first just talk about the fights. Let's make it as simple and as clean as possible. Let's talk about the fights first. And then we'll get into all the other drama and all the other stuff that led up to the event and uh, otherwise. Um, I guess we'll start with, like for me, I'm going to start with uh, the BJ Penn fight. To me, the BJ Penn fight was people were <clears throat> people were still asking like, why is he fighting? And look, everyone fights for their own reason. Everyone does their, you know, everyone they do these things for their for themselves, you know. What whatever reason he's still fighting for, and him and I are really close. We've we've done, had a lot of talks and conversations uh, over the last couple of months and years, you know, through texts and through convers- you know, phones and you know, and just whatever. Look, I think for him, he's just you know. He, like, to me, the first time, this is the first time in probably, I don't know how long he's walked into the cage and he looked good, like healthy-wise, you know, and uh, I don't know, he just, the suck down to 45, all that stuff, I don't think it was meant for him, just didn't didn't look good. He physically looked drained, he never looked himself. This, to me, it felt like it was a good fight for him, kind of let us know exactly where he wanted to be. Um you know, uh, obviously Ryan Hall's very talented at what he does. Uh, it, was, it was a good fight, man. Good. It was. It was good. It was a good chance for him to get back on the winning track. Where does he go from here? I mean, only time will tell. We'll see. I think for him, it, obviously, he just does it because he loves to do it. Fighting's really kind of like his life. He doesn't really know what he wants to do after it. But there's really no reason for him. And I think everybody, a lot of people that know him, understand that like, he doesn't. It's not like he needs the money. I mean, he owns multiple UFC gyms. Yeah, uh, in in Hawaii, bjpen.com. Yeah, what's that? bjpen.com. Yeah, he owns bjpen.com. I mean, like, there's so many other things. I mean, his uh, his family has money as well. But all those things put aside, you know, every fighter fights for their own reasons. Uh, he he's he loves doing this, and I've no, I trained with BJ Penn back in uh, 2000 from 99 and 2000 at AKA. And uh, his front first run at the UFC title at lightweight, uh, up until he lost to Jens Pulver uh, for the title, and I'd never seen a more talented athlete um, do things that I was extremely just shocked by. Not just his flexibility, but the power in his hands, the ability to to, to stop people's takedowns, and just to to balance on one foot. I mean, just the explosiveness and the power that he possessed in both hands. Um, punches came from different angles. He had a, a granite chin uh he just loved to fight and you saw all those things featured you know in that first run and all the way you know up until the majority of his career um you know it, it really just depends on every athlete and every fighter on why they're fighting and he's doing it for his own reasons and uh those are only questions that he can answer i mean i, I have a good understanding of why you know he's still fighting but i mean those are things that i think people need to need to talk to him about and he needs to say that those type of things come out of his mouth like for him it really is just he he loves fighting and what better thing to do than to be productive in in life when you don't know really what to do or afterwards like you've spent and dedicated your life you know not just for him it was jujitsu but then after jujitsu it was also um it was not only just jujitsu but it was it was uh you know fighting so I mean, for for decades now, he's been fighting, and he was fighting at the top of his uh, the top of his level for the longest time, 
and uh, it's I think it's hard to 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 leave kind of doing what you love, and uh, this was a great opportunity, a great fight for him, and uh, it came up came up short, and uh, who knows who knows if we'll see him again. If not, hey, we're wa we're watching. Honestly, we're watching a true uh, living legend. He's still doing his thing, and you know, sure, he's not coming out on top in a lot of his fights, but hey. The the old BJ Penn is somebody that a lot of kids had looked up to. I mean, the crowd still went crazy for him when he walked out, and he was the first you know fight on the prelim, you know, and there was still just tons of people there wearing you know Hawaiian shirts, BJ Penn Hawaii, you know, uh, BJ Penn shirts, BJ Penn shirts. I mean, just decades of him uh, being you know a cornerstone in, the, in this um, in this sport. And so, sure, it's sad to see him lose, but uh, like I said, I was more happy to see him walk in. He looked physically, he looked healthy. He looked pretty impressive. I thought he looked good on the feet a little bit, you know, and uh, was doing some good stuff. You know, just anytime you face Ryan Hall, a lot of guys don't want to fight Ryan Hall because Ryan Hall is nasty with the leg locks. They don't want their career to end, you know. So, all in all, uh, to me, I felt like it was a good fight for him. It just came up short, and hey, maybe on to the next one. Who knows? Maybe not. This might be it for him. Who knows? But that's only something he can answer. Like I said, every fighter does it for their own reasons. Um, you know, as far as the other fights, there was nothing really else on the prelims that I really was excited to to watch and fight. Um, can you pull up the card? Yeah. yeah. Um, the rest of the, 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 the fight card, to me, I wasn't really excited about. Um, <clears throat> all in all, we do the podcast. The rest of the so prelims are, what's that? The prelims are a main yeah, card. Yeah, on the prelims. The main card to me was actually, I was pretty excited for the main card. But as far as the, um, as far as the, uh, the rest of that card, I wasn't really, imp I wasn't really excited to see that, uh, Peter Yan, he's tough, good, very impressive with his boxing, heavy, heavy. He reminds me a little bit of like a, he reminds me a little bit of a smaller, uh, Khabib just he just doesn't wrestle as much as he could, whereas Khabib utilizes his wrestling to the to his to every chance he he gets, and uh, Yan's got big big power in his hands. It was really explosive, very very exciting to watch. Um, I do agree with Rogan and those guys saying that you know <clears throat> that he has the talent and the ability to go ahead and get up to the next level, and and I, I don't I don't doubt that man. I mean he. He uh, had a great performance last night, and it was very impressive to watch. I did happen to miss the Kat Zingano and Megan Anderson fight. I was in the middle of doing something, and I walked away from the TV for a little bit, and I saw that the uh, I saw all the controversy, um, <clears throat> you know, after it all happened. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a fluke accident, man. I mean, um, what are you gonna do about that? There's nothing you can really do about those type of things. You just need to let those. Like it just pans out that way, and I, I'm trying to remember what uh, there was another fight that had been stopped. I believe it was in Strike Force, where they had thrown a a, uh, a kick and it had cut them, like filleted their eye open, you know, right across the eyebrow, and uh, it was just nasty. But it was from a toenail, and uh, it wasn't from anything else. It was just like just the toe, just the toe in the replay showed that it was just the toenail that caught them. And uh, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you rule those fights. Is it considered a TKO? I think it is. You know, it's, it's from an actual something that was thrown. It's damaged. It's yeah, it's, it's considered damage. But um, so somebody strange. was arguing that it's an eye poke, though. 
Yeah, I mean, you could possibly say it's an eye poke, and I mean, were her toenails clipped, you know, to the way they should have been? I mean, like, those are all things that play into the in, into it. I mean, they are supposed to check your nails and your toenails every time, but they don't always do that, and uh, just to be honest. And it, it flukes, like, things like this happen. It just sucks for Kat Zingano to go through something like that. You can see, I don't know if that's stitches or... Yeah, so... And that's kind of that's kind of what happened as well. I want to say it was Brian Travers... Brian Travers, I think, had fought in Strike Force, and he, yeah, he got kicked, I believe, and just got cut, something like that. But it was a, it was a fluke thing. I think it happens, man. You know, it was in a Strike Force fight, and th that's nothing you can do about that. Accidents happen. Maybe they'll run it back, and we'll see that fight again. You know, given the controversy, but I mean, Megan's probably happy she got her win. Moving on, the fight I wasn't really impressed with was the Walt Harris and Andre Olovsky fight. I expect a little bit more out of the two of them. Um, look, and I'm not saying that, like, look, both of them have big power. Uh, Andre's nose is just looks like hamburger. <laughs> it's just nasty, man. I was showing the, They were showing the pictures before the fight of what his nose looked like, and I was like, good Lord, man. You got to ease up on the sparring, buddy. <laughs> it's just, wow. That was, that, was, uh, that was nasty. But Walt Harris uh, came out with the win. It was like kind of like a little bit of anticlimactic. I think they were expecting for a big knockout in that fight. Uh, leading into the into the pay per view and they didn't get it, but uh, to me it was it was it was okay. Like there was some good stuff that was done in the fight. Uh, Harris is a beautiful straight left, kept landing it. Nice work. Um, Arlovsky got clipped with some good stuff and still stayed standing. I mean, there was a lot of times there where from before people were talking about how his chin was gone, he was done, and you know he wouldn't fight anymore and this and that. You know, like he you know he'd never be the same guy. But I mean, he's had a couple surges. You know, at the title shot. Uh, it's unfortunate he came up short here, but hey, man, this is the fight game. Like you're you're on high one time, and you're you know the next moment you're you know down low. You got to fight your way back, and it's tough. It's not easy. It's never easy. So, as far as the main card goes, the main card to me was was pretty good, man. It was pretty good. The Chad Mendes fight and uh, Volkanovski fight. I mean, I'm a huge Chad Mendes fan, and um. We, they talked about a chat, I guess, apparently today announced his retirement. I didn't see that. I haven't really been on social media or on, on uh, the, the internet today. I've been too busy trying to watch my Chiefs solidify the number one spot in the AFC, baby. So we are the we are in the number one spot right now. Look, going to the playoffs, first round bye. That's what I'm talking about. Anyways, so uh, enough with football. Back to the fights. <laughs> hey, that's how I feel every time you talk about WWE, Dave. Well, now we know how each other feels. Yes, yes. Hey, Sammy, um, Sammy would be mad if you were deep diverting away from the fights right now. No, yeah, yeah. Sammy, he'd try to change the subject right away. Because he has no idea what's going on with football. <laughs> no idea at all. So, look, the fight was back and forth, battling back and forth. I thought Chad had had him rocked and finished. Chad actually, it looked like Chad kind of gassed himself out a little bit with uh, some big punches and combinations. And as the fight went on, I mean, Volkanovski was able to recover faster and it just, and then Chad was able to hit him with some good shots, and and Volkanovski got rocked again. Chad got rocked, and it was it was a back and forth battle. And man, I, I honestly believe it was probably the fight besides the Amanda Nunes and Chris Cyborg fight, but it was the fight that stole the show. It was the, I mean, to me, it was just phenomenal. I mean, like they there was wrestling involved. There was there was great combinations thrown, like good striking involved. I mean, like to me, that is that that was a, an amazing fight. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Chad. Sad to see him, um, you know, go out on a loss. But I, like, look, majority of the time, fighters are gonna leave their careers on a loss 
because if they win, they believe they can keep doing it. When you lose, it's sure it's hard pill to swallow for the rest of your life to go out on a loss, but it's something that like you, you I think you've come to terms with yourself that you're probably not the same. You're not the same person that you were when you were, you know, 25, 27, 29, 32, whatever it is. Um, you know, and I, maybe, maybe perhaps the time off when, you know, from his suspension, like he realized all the other things in life that he'd been missing out on to pursue something that he just maybe just lost the luster and the, the excitement to do. I mean, you never know. He looked great and phenomenal. Um, it just, you're fighting with guys that are, I think, I don't know how, much, how old the Volkanovsky is, but I mean, uh, he just, he had that pep in his step of that he was younger and uh, he recovered a little bit faster and he was able to to push the action even after he got rocked he was able to kind of recover quicker and push back it push back on him and anytime that happens you're you're dealing with you you have to figure out how to make, make sure not to blow your wad and chad it's, it seemed like that first time he rocked him he thought he was gonna get him out of there and he let he let some heavy punches and combinations go and he wasn't able to get him out of there so he's 30 years old how old's chad um, 33 34 33. I don't know, man. I'd like to see Chad keep fighting. I think I think he's got another run in him. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, I know he just had a lot of time off, but man, that's a long time, though. It's such a long time off. You know, he came back, got the win over Miles Jury. Miles Jury's nasty good, too, but he was able to uh, get the win over him. <clears throat> Very impressive. First round TKO. Comes back, and then he fights uh, Volkanovski, but it was a good fight, man. I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know, man. I'd li- I'd like to see him stay and make another run. I think he can do it. Uh, I just think the time off kind of got him focused on some other things that he probably wants to spend more time doing. I mean, you see him all the time. He's hunting all the time. He's yeah. you know doing all these things outside of the gym, and I think he's falling in love with that. I mean, I don't know if he can make money doing those things or whatever, but hey, man, I tip my hat off to him on a great career. Phenomenal uh, athlete. I love watching him fight, and uh, if he does come back, I mean, I hope to be able to watch as many runs that he has left in him. But uh, all in all, man, to me, to me, that was the fight that sold the show outside of the Amanda Nunes and uh, Chris Cyborg fight. And then uh, next fight on the card, Carlos Condit, uh, Michael Chiesa. You know, I was I was actually kind of surprised. Just my honest opinion, I was kind of surprised. I thought Carlos was going to be able to stuff the takedown a little bit better and uh, make it keep it standing a little bit more. Kiesa was very impressive, uh, you know, as far as closing the distance and getting in deep on the takedowns and able to control the body position. I was really impressed with that. And then I've said it for a long time, man, because I, I see, you know, we've I fought on a couple of the same cards or been around the same areas as as uh, Kiesa. He is huge. I have no idea. Excuse me. I have no idea how he ever made fifty five. I mean, what is he like? Six one? I think he's six one. He's just he's just a big guy, man. And so when you saw him, when I saw him standing there next to Carlos, to Carlos Condon, and like they're the same size, and I'm like, oh, this may just be the weight class for you. Where he's gonna run into problems, and I'm not trying to already like shoot him down. He's gonna run into problems with guys like Tyron Woodley, you know, and Ben Askren. Like those guys, those guys, elite wrestlers that can stuff a takedown and like with Ben Askren, he's just as good on the ground as he. I'm not, I wouldn't say as good of a wrestler, but he's nasty good, you know. And so he just doesn't show it all the time. But his wrestling and his jujitsu go hand in hand together. Um, 
you know, and guys like Tyron Woodley, I mean, like, you're, you're not sniffing the takedown on him, you know, and so when you get to that upper echelon of guys, which I think Carlos is the upper echelon of guys, but I think stylistically it was a good fight. Styles makes fight. Style makes fights, and we all know that. And this this was one of those fights that stylistically it was a good fight for both of them to win. Uh, it, to me, it was. It, I felt like the experience probably should have went to Carlos fighting at that weight class and and uh, and being able to to go ahead and pick apart Kiesa. But I think Kiesa came in with the confidence of like, okay, look, the weight cut wasn't bad. I can eat and do what I want. I feel physically strong. He probably just felt like a normal day of training for him going in being like, look, I'm good. I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, 55 pounders, if you're cutting that much weight, you know, and same thing with 70 pounds, like you can see in the later fight, in the later rounds, they start to just, just fall apart and slow down and just the output's not there. And you see it, I think, a little bit with Kevin Lee. You've seen it. Um, <clears throat> I think a little bit with some other guys. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Kevin Lee, for sure, I've seen it with. You know, um, God, there was another name right on the tip of my tongue that I had seen it with. Uh, but anyways, so, yeah, with with uh, with Kiesa. Oh, what's his name? Uh, the one they just fought in, the De La Hoya promotions. Gleason Tebow. Always started off strong as heck, right? First round, halfway through the second round. But by then he was just struggling to, you know, to keep his arms up, his hands up. I mean, he just he had nothing, and he was just one of those guys that cut so much weight as the fight went on. He faded. I think a little bit of that too is with uh, Anthony Johnson was a little bit like that as well. As the fight went on, when he was cutting to one seventy, he kind of slowed down. Even at one eighty five, I want to say one eighty five, he was still like that. At two hundred five, he had finally found his weight class, and he was happy there. And I think Kiesa might be here. Might be perfect for him to be here at this weight class. The only thing with Kiesa is that when he gets up to the upper weight class, when he gets up to the uh, upper echelon of guys, you know, when you get to, when you get to, uh, to uh, what's it called, to Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren. Uh, I mean, Masvidal's got a nasty takedown defense. And he's got great boxing. That's that's gonna be a tough fight for him as well. I mean, that to me, honestly, I believe that would should potentially be the next fight. If you want to see guys like Damian Maya, like you're not trying to take that guy down. How are you gonna beat that guy? I mean, he's I think I won't say leaps and bounds above you on the ground, but he is better than you on the ground. Um, you know, he is better than Kiss on the ground. I just I mean, like that's that's gonna be a tough fight. Stylistically, like I, you know, I think maybe the next step for him, you'd like to see him maybe fight someone like Steven Thompson. That would make for an interesting fight. Can he get him down? Would he, you know, would he gas out trying to get the takedown? You know, um, can he how can he handle that distance? I mean, you never know. I mean, maybe 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 a Darren Till, you know, comes back, comes comes out, you know, not comes back, but you know, for his first fight after his loss, you know, maybe that's a good fight for him. I mean. You got to get there. Like Leon Edwards and those guys are all above him. Kiesa right now. I mean, Carlos Condit, he's not even in the top rankings right now. I don't see that. So, because he had a lot of time off. I mean, Alex Oliveira just had an accident, I believe. Um, somebody said, I believe he got shot. It was crazy. Like, uh, that's nuts, man. Yeah, I believe someone was saying that he got shot, like, in uh, Brazil. Alex Oliveira, his name's, Cow they call him Cowboy also. He's the Brazilian Cowboy. I'm trying to remember. They were saying grenade. It was a grenade. Oh, grenade! Even better. Yeah, UFC fighter injured in grenade attack, forced to undergo surgery. Jesus, man! Seriously, fuck! What is going on in Brazil, man? Jeez, man! 
prayers out to that guy. Sending send love and hopefully he's hopefully he makes a full recovery. Damn. I love watching him fight. He's a fucking gamer. That Someone guy. threw a grenade at him. That's, That's fucking insane. They pulled machetes. They had guns and then like and then like the, one of them threw a grenade at him and then the <laughs> fragments flew into his leg and foot. Jeez, man. Hopefully they don't have to like yeah, that sucks. Uh, but um, yeah, hopefully he gets a full recovery. But I mean, like those are those are fights. Like you put you put a Kiesa against Cowboy, whew, tough fight for him. Tough fight, you know. Um, Kiesa against uh, you know Leon Edwards. Kiesa against Masvidal, like Damian Maya. I mean, he looked great last night against Carlos Condit, you know. But I think the rest of the guys is gonna be it's gonna be a tough fight. That Santiago. Ponsabidio or whatever his name is, that guy's nasty too. Fuck, I watched his last fight. I was like, good lord, you are fucking nasty, nasty, Ugh. big power. I was like, geez. Um, all in all, though, but all in all, though, tip my hat. Did a great, great job, great fight. Good to see him at the 170. He looked healthy, he looked good. Uh, performance was great. Do I thought he dominated the whole fight. A couple little times where you know he lost some position, but all in all, I mean, against Carlos Conant, what a great fight. And then uh, moving on to the co-main, man. Let's talk the co-main. Jeez. If anyone, and look, when I, I say I'm biased and I, and I say these things all the time, but I'm going to be very upfront right now. I didn't think Amanda Nunes was going to get out of the first round. I thought Cyborg was going to go out there and prove something that, and like just, and she, and she did. She tried. She tried to do that. And she got real careless and sloppy and, and I think if they fight again, it's a different fight. But that being said, Amanda Nunes looked fucking amazing last night. Like, she stole the fucking show. And not just because she's the champ champ now, but because she just stayed, she got hit with some good stuff. She, she covered really well. She backed away, and she tried to compose herself. Cyborg just came in, guns blazing, hands kind of down, like chin in the air. Like, she's used to just, back from the Gina Carano days, used to just walking through people. And at this moment in this fight, she just, she just thought that she was going to just do the same thing she does to every other girl. And I thought the same thing too. But when Amanda Nunes had touched her on the chin and kind of like made her wobble, not wobble, but like stopping her in her tracks... I was like, good heavens. And I was like, this is not going to be the fight for her if she doesn't fight smart. I expected her to press, punch to the clinch, take some steam off Amanda Nunes' punches. You know, because Amanda slows down as the fight goes. Cyborg, she didn't fight smart at all, didn't fight composed. She, like Right there in that very beginning exchange, she had clipped Amanda a little bit and kind of Amanda backed up and she thought, well, I got this. And Amanda threw that leg kick, and it kind of made her think like, "Oh, you're gonna start trying to keep the distance because you don't want to. You don't want to box with me." And Amanda's like, "You know what? Do you want to sling? Let's sling." And you just saw the power difference between the two, right off the bat. As soon as Amanda had just touched her one time clean on the chin, it was like it had stopped her completely in her tracks. But for some reason, she just kept coming at her, coming at her, thinking like, "Oh, I can take these. I can take these," and. After she had kind of got wobbled a little bit and sat her to like kind of to her knees and she shot in on the desperation double, I expected her to 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 bat, like either press her to the fence, keep her clinched there, you know, try and throw big elbows and you know and use her strength and maybe a little bit of her size to keep her pressed against the fence. And she didn't, she made space and started trying to throw. And I was thinking to myself, this is not, you're not fighting a smart fight right now. I mean, the the Amanda Nunes 
fucking is that was amazing. That was to me, honestly, I've seen her fight a bunch of times, and to steal from George St. Pierre, I was not impressed by your performance. But last night was fucking fire, and not just because, not just because uh, it was cyborg. It just, I think a lot of it was because it was cyborg. But how often do you see girls get knocked out like that? Yeah. It's it's very rare. It's very rare that you see a girl get slept unless like that. Cyborg doing it. To yeah, unless, and, but even Cyborg though, like she hasn't, she doesn't, she hits you with like three, four, five punches. Like she hit her with that overhand right, and it just folded her over her body. I mean, damn, that was that was very impressive. I was impressed from the moment the bell rang when they started throwing blows. I was impressed with the man in the way she handled getting hit. I was impressed with the way she stood her ground, but she fought a smart fight. She picked she picked and chose her shots at the precise precise times. And she didn't just come in with her chin up in the air. She she created little tiny angles. If you go back and you watch, she created little tiny angles. She stepped a little bit to the right and threw a punch. She leaned and ducked a little bit in and threw the overhand right. She constantly was moving left to right. Cyborg was walking straight forward every single time. Her head was always in the same spot. Amanda could have closed her eyes and threw a punch and landed. You know, um, I was impressed, man. I was very impressed with her. And it's not just the power. It's not just, but just the composure that she had. Even after she had rocked uh, Cyborg, you see in this last little exchange at like four minutes and 15 seconds, she... Doesn't like just jump in and start throwing big punches. She kind of tracks after her a little bit while while uh, Cyborg's back is to the fence. She kind of tracks after her. 419, 4, 419, yeah, 420, 419, 418. She's right in front of her and just like letting her move, letting her move, waiting for the opening, and boom, boom, she explodes. Top level talent right there. I mean, people are saying she's the best woman ever. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that right now. It's it, it's it's pretty impressive man like I, I honestly didn't give her i didn't give her a chance at all i thought she had a puncher's chance but this wasn't a puncher's chance it wasn't like she threw one punch and she got knocked out she clipped her then they kept fighting she clipped her again then they kept fighting there was a lot of strategy in that little in that little exchange in that big exchange that lasted you know for 45 seconds or 35 seconds that was very impressive by Amanda Nunes, and she fought a great fight. I, I keep saying tip my hat out to her, but I didn't. I didn't give you a chance, Amanda. I didn't give you. I, I didn't think you'd. I thought you would get probably to the second, third round. You start to gas, and then Cyborg would take the fight over, and kind of just do what she does. But I could tell that. I think you had got to her a little bit. I think Amanda Nunes got to her a little bit at the weigh-ins, and she got to her. Um, you know, talking or not the weigh-ins, but at the uh, at the presser, talking about how you know she was going to get after it and she was going to take it to her, and she was and basically she said, "Come and get." Cyborg said, "Come and get it." So when they came out and they started throwing blows, she went after and she went and got it. Cyborg was going to try to bully her and push her around like she had normally done to all the other females she had ever fought. But man, I, I, I here's the thing: the question is this. I mean, I'm going to ask you, Dave. What do you think? Automatic rematch? She's been the longest. Standing winner in women's MMA for I don't know how long. I mean, no one's stood a chance against Cyborg. Do you have to give her an automatic rematch? Uh, I, th- I feel like there was talk about where Nunez was saying she'd become a double champ and retire. She never said it last night, but 
She was remember she was yelling about being in the Hall of Fame last night. Like, but how old is she? Nunez is young, man. She's yeah, uh, but then like, well, there's no reason. Like, here's the thing: like, do you not need money? I mean, that's the thing. You're the champ. You don't. And, and everyone listening to this podcast, okay, you guys should understand: you don't actually make money. She didn't make money like for this. She made good money, but she made her money for her normal contract. They don't negotiate more money for her to fight for the title. She only she gets maybe like a twenty five thousand or maybe a fifty thousand dollar bonus for fighting for the title, but she doesn't make pay per view numbers. She doesn't make um you know she doesn't she doesn't get the Monster Energy drink sponsor. She doesn't get all that other stuff. None of that's included. So she actually won't make any money until she defends the title. So when people are like, "Oh, she's the champion. She's the champ, champ. She should retire," or, or she's suggesting that she would retire. She she hasn't she hasn't made a shitload of money yet. Like we're not she talking the bantamweight twice. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, sure, she's made money there, but like being the champ, champ, they're gonna they're probably as if I was her agent or her manager or corner or whatever, I would go to them and be like, look, we're the champ, champ now. We need to figure out something to renegotiate this contract. Or maybe they did that before this fight had happened and said, look, if we become the champ, champ, then I want to make sure that it's clear that we're gonna do that that we're gonna we want to get paid this much more on the pay-per-view buys or or we want this amount of money in sponsors not sponsors but as in like monster sponsors me there was some other sponsor they had for a, like a couple shows ago i don't know what it was it was on there it was the like p3 p3 or that's something that's on there that was on there what is that is like a playstation it's like peanuts it's like oh it's a peanut it's like a company? protein it's like a protein thing it's called wow. protein something something i don't know the p3 stands for it's like the three p Reebok's not paying enough anymore now you can put monster <laughs> and p3 on there and yeah. modello and metro and nemeroff the vodka oh uh, are they on there too are they, they on the they, shorts yeah. they're, well, no they're, i don't know if they're on the shorts oh no no but on the shorts on the oh, shorts okay, they okay. had that p3 they and do, they had they the and they always yeah. have monster on that like the champions usually have monster on it yeah yeah that's um yeah that's pretty anyways Maybe she should go down to twenty five and become the champ, champ, champ. I don't know if she can make the weight, man. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think she's, she's, she's she's a big, big girl. Four, she's a big girl. Cyborg's a fucking enormous girl. Yeah. And they they looked equally about the same size. Cyborg looked a little bit bigger than her at the weigh-ins, but um, yeah. The, the only reason why I say I I'd like to see her maybe defend it against somebody else one time. Maybe have Cyborg fight somebody else, crush their dreams of being the champion, and then moving back on to fighting Amanda Nunes, you know, and go from there. Uh, but man, who knows? Who knows? This is, uh, th this is, this is a big deal. It's a big deal, but all in all, I mean, you're still talking, you're still talking like women's MMA is not where the men's MMA is, you know? And so her being the champ champ is to me is, is it's, it's a great, it's, it's great, man. It's, it's exciting. I think it's amazing. Uh, but it's not as it's not as big as somebody like when and I'm not trying to be biased at all. Um, that like what DC did, you know, or when you see I see like Conor McGregor what he did with 145, 155. I mean, you're talking, it's it's to me it's a little bit different. Um, but that's that all that being said, she beat fucking Chris Cyborg and she didn't just beat her, but she fucking destroyed her. I mean, that's that to me like that to me right there like lets me know that she either she's not the best, I, she's close, man. I, I don't know who else would be there. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't pick. I had Cyborg be the best. I mean, who depends? If they do an automatic rematch and Cyborg fights her and beats her, you know, and gets her out of there, or you know, beats her in a, in a unanimous decision, like beats her the whole fight. Who knows? I mean, then you see you see a third fight and see who wins that one. But I can't. 
I could see her walking away, maybe saying like, look, I'm the greatest now. But then you got to remember, though, Amanda, that somebody along the line later on is going to come along and they're going to do what you did. And you got to stake your claim a little bit more, I think, to make it a little bit harder for those younger, talented people when they come along later on down the line. Because women's MMA is relatively new. And you're, you are being like the beginning portion of what's going on. You are, you are someone that is, you're laying the stones of what other people need to, the other women need to do to catch up to you. So you need to make that, you need to make that record a lot, a lot more, I think, you know I mean? Given the fact that you're only 30 years old you got time, you got, you know, you have the ability to do it, obviously. Uh, I'd like to see you fight some more, you know, definitely like to see you. I don't know if it's worth you going to 125 anymore and defending that title. Um, 35. Uh, yeah, 35. And then um, going to 35 and defending that title at all. I mean, if you could make 25, shit, get it, girl. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, get it. You'd be the first to be the champ, champ, champ. You know, I mean, there's a lot of talk right now that GSP is trying to get his weight down and trying to do that to fight uh, for the potential 165-pound title. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to make 55, but there are talks that he was trying to fight uh, the winner of the Khabib and Connor fight. Uh, I think that him and... Uh, Connor is probably the fight to make it 165 for the for the the 165 pound title. If that fight was to happen, uh, that that would that right. would make that would make huge pay per view numbers, huge. And then you have you'd have a you know the champ at both, and you, you'd have the 55 pound champ Khabib, and you'd have the 65 pound champ then, and you could potentially have the Khabib and Connor rematch or the Khabib and GSP fight right after that at 165. You know, all depending on how long Khabib is suspended and out for. But, but all I mean, look, last night was a very impressive performance by Amanda Nunes. Um, I'm excited to see what's next for her and see if they give uh, Cyborg the automatic rematch. That's something I'm interested to see as well. So that was a great fight. Now on to the main event. Let's talk John Jones, baby. John Jones. We'll talk strictly about the fight right now, and then I'll get into I'll get into the to the all the other stuff leading up to the fight. Um, you know, but the fight itself, uh, I, it was a shadow of what the first fight was. So it was kind, of, it was kind of upset. It was, it was upsetting. But I like to remind people that that um, that the first fight, John had a hard time dealing with the fact that Gus was so long and so tall. Uh, was able to, you know, a lot of the things that he's able to get away with when he fights other other athletes like you know guys like dc who was only like five nine maybe five ten you know is it it's the range the distance from the push kick to the to the jab you know to the long range punching like little things like that that little thigh kick he's so far away it's hard for it's it's hard for guys to actually counter back or do anything so they got to get inside and the fact is is that he's nasty good with the knees and the elbows. And we saw at the very end when he started laying the the elbows to Gus when he got on top, and Gus just couldn't get around it. And it just Gus looked like he was lost on the ground when the fight finally got there. And I don't know if Gus thought maybe he was going to be able to stop his takedowns like he did in the first fight, but he just had no answer for uh, for John Jones once the fight hit the ground. And it's sad, it's, it's sad to see someone who has fought for the title so many times uh, come up short. Uh, it seems like a super nice guy. I've never had an opportunity. I've met him like in passing, but I've never actually sat and talked with him. Like, hey, Gus, how are you? Nice to meet you. You know, that. But um, I've never actually had the opportunity to sit and chat with him, you know, and uh, and stuff. But it seems like an extremely nice guy. Um, <clears throat> DC says a lot of high, uh, a lot of nice things about him. Um, 
you know, but all in all, I mean, I know that I, I enjoy still watching him fight. I hope he continues to fight. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't know, man. I don't know what's next for him. Like, what does he do? Does he keep fighting knowing that, you know, Joe, he, he just came at the wrong, the wrong time. I think <coughs> the wrong era, you know, you're, you're here you're trapped in an era that John Jones is trapped in with you. So it's, it's, uh, I can't imagine it being easy for him, but you know, um, I don't know. All in all, the the fight was, the fight was it was the the first two round the the first two rounds were lackluster. I think going into the third round, um, I liked how Gus came out and started picking up the pace. Jones was fighting a kind of a slow kind of a lazy pace in the in the beginning, but as the fight went on, Gus looked like he was going to start. Excuse me, keep me yawning. Sorry guys. Um, it looked like Gus was going to try picking it up. And he came out in the third round, like uh, throwing good combinations and doing things, and that kind of led to his demise, because that opened up the ability for John to get the takedown. And once he got the takedown, you know, the fight was done. Did some good work with you know, on the top position, nasty work in the knees and the elbows. <clears throat> um, every time, what I really like that John Jones does is when you get to the clinch with him, because that's what a lot of guys have to do, because of his range, they, they can't you can't fight him from the outside. So a lot of guys have to get in close. Is that he has done a really good job at utilizing the the space that he has that he has to create to to knee someone or elbow someone. He does an amazing job at that, and that's that's difficult to do when you're a longer, taller person to create the distance and the space, like opening the hip to hit a knee to the body and and those type of things. I was really surprised that Gus wasn't kneeing more in the clinch or trying to do any of those type of things when they got into the clinch positions because his lane, like John was trying to create the space. So when the space was being created by John, it created the space also for Gus. So I would have liked to have seen him do more of that, but it was for me, it was a dominant, it was a, it was a good performance, a dominant third round, but the fight itself, it just was a little, it wasn't as good as the first fight. And the first fight was absolutely amazing. Uh, from beginning to end, that fight was awesome. So when you compare the two fights, you know, obviously this fight, um, I didn't think it was a dominant performance by John until until they got to the third round. I thought John did some really good things. He stayed composed, stayed relaxed. Um, he is, he's obviously like ever we we talk about. I don't don't think don't think because I'm DC's teammate and. And I'm not going to give him credit. There's never been, there's never, I've never once said that he wasn't talented. There's never once where there was some of that, that you'll never hear me say that he sucked or, oh, he's not good or, or anything along those lines. The kid is obviously extremely talented. Okay. Um, this is, I guess, a good segue into, you know, all the stuff leading up to the fight. There's never been a doubt whether he was probably the most talented athlete to ever step foot in the cage. I, I I don't think there's that doubt at all. I think like his ability to to make adjustments as the fight goes on, his ability to do the things that he does outside the cage and still come in and perform, it's pretty impressive, man. Like to say that you know like oh you got busted for cocaine a month before the fight and you still came in and had a, a pretty good performance, a dominant performance for five rounds. Not many athletes can say that. Like some guys, you know, when they go off and they're off partying, doing whatever, they come in, they look like shit. You know, they just don't perform that well. You know, um, how old is John? What is he? 31. 31. You know, and so he's, he's got, still he's got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time to, to make things right. And, and I've, I've said this 
I've always said this, and I've said this about football players, basketball players. I've said, and the reason why, and one of the reasons I used to say it the most was because of Tiger Woods. When Tiger Woods got busted for cheating and all that other stuff happened, all these things started happening to him, the one thing that I said was winning solves everything. So as soon as he starts winning, people will forget about all the indiscretions that he had from before. John Jones, though, doesn't lose. And so the fact that he doesn't lose, people are quick to forget about all the things that he has done. You know, they're like, oh, we don't care. We'll let it slide. We'll let it do this. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to say that he is probably the best that's ever stepped in the cage, like talent-wise. But you have to, like, for me, I feel like as a former fighter or as a fighter, you know, um, as a someone that was been, has spent so much time in that cage, is that I'm going to take the Eddie Alvarez approach and what Eddie tweeted and posted is that, dude, we're not we're not slapping a, a puck around, we're not throwing a ball, okay, we're not hitting balls out of the park, we're not we're not doing those things. We're fucking in the hurt business, and dudes can get phys- they can get seriously hurt. We're trying to punch somebody in the fucking head as hard as we can. And the fact that you have been busted, not once, but twice, I think you now, what is it, three times now, you've been busted. On, people are saying dick pills, but everyone's calling it a masking agent. You've been busted. The bottom line is, though, is that, look, when you've been caught cheating, how long have you been cheating? The, the, the thing around it is what it is. Eddie Alvarez makes impassionate argument about PD use and the UFC 232 drama is the headline. And you have to remember, like, dude, we are, like, a lot of people go home to their families. Eddie's got, I believe Eddie's got four kids. Like, the last thing you want to do is be getting punched by someone who's cheating. And everyone's like, they're making excuses, they're doing this, they're doing that. I agree with him 100%. Zero amount of steroids should be in your system. Zero. I don't give a fuck how good the testing is. I don't give a shit how good it's gotten better over the years and how they can get it into the fat tissue now and pull it out and show that you were. I don't give a fuck. Zero amount. Because here's the thing. Now what you're saying is that that person who decided to cheat years down the line, it's still in his system. Well, there's a side effect with every fucking drug. Okay, every drug has a side effects and he chose to take that drug and now he has to deal with the side effects of it for the rest of his life. Now, whether that means that he can't fight, but we shouldn't be making adjustments for athletes that are cheating. And that's that's just the bottom line. They're like, oh, well, he had no it didn't give him any advantage. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You're you're condoning the fact that at one time he thought he could get away with cheating. You're condoning that. Now, we're not taking away. I'm not taking away from his talent. I'm not taking away the fact that he's probably the greatest athlete ever to step in foot in that cage. I'm not taking that away. And you guys are sitting here. I can tell you guys are already fucking steaming at the... You guys are listening to this, and you guys are probably fuming it through the ears, ready to just comment in the fucking comment section how much of an asshole I am, and like I'm biased because I'm DC's teammate. I'm all these things. This is not biased at all. This has to do with somebody just who spent a lot of time in that cage. You know, I I fought guys that were cheaters, and I've been in the cage with guys that are cheaters, and it's fucking annoying. It's annoying to know that they have that they're cheaters. You know, it's also and like it's fucking like, there's no there's no more like insane amount of bias than the UFC moving a whole fucking card for one guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And look, look, 
look, that's the that's the UFC's business. Like, I'm not even talking about what they did to make this all happen. I'm not even getting into that. I'm simply saying, like, you, the, everyone's trying to condone the fact that it wasn't enough in his system to uh, to give him a, a to give him an advantage. I don't give a shit. Like when you take something, you have to know that there's a side effect. And when there's a side effect to it, it may stay in your system for a long time. And if that causes you never to fight again, then that's your fault. That means that like he has to take responsibility for the shit that he did. Like, oh, well, the testing's gotten so much better. The testing's gotten better because motherfuckers are cheating. That's why the testing's gotten better. And now that they can still detect it in your system for years later, who gives a shit? That's good. That means that at one time you you were cheating and you were fucking people up and kicking them in the head and punching them in the face, knowing that you were fucking cheating. You guys, these these athletes, these fighters have to live a life after this. Not, and I'm not talking about John Jones. I'm talking about the fighters that he's punching and kicking in the face. So all you guys that are all these people that are condoning somebody like this, now other fighters that are cheating, they're like, oh, well, one day, if I'm extremely talented, you're setting the example for the young generation that if I'm extremely talented, that they'll go ahead and work around what I do. And they do it in other sports. I'm not saying that they don't do it in other sports. You see it all the time in football. You see it all the time in others. Shit, they did it for years for Lance Armstrong. Fucking, they covered up like stuff where he, his levels were high. They knew he was fucking cheating. But because he was a huge draw, he had this great story, all these things. Okay, but as soon as he didn't win, boom, they fucking threw him under the bus. These type of things, like they don't, they don't need you anymore. They're done. Like I'm just simply saying that the younger talented, gener- the younger generation of children and, and athletes that are going to come up watching this stuff type, this type of stuff happen, where the UFC is able to move events and do things like this, is fucking up the reputation of our sport. Okay, and you're like, yeah, but look, like we saw all the stars there. We saw all the fans there. We saw this. I don't give a fuck. They don't care. Those are those are fairweather fans. Those are people that don't give a shit. You know, when you say, oh, I saw stars there. Yeah, they're there just to watch the fight. They don't give a shit. Maybe the maybe the ones they went there to watch went to go watch the ones that weren't cheating. You know, and I feel the same way. Look, and, and, and people are talking to me about it, like, I feel the same exact way about Vitor Belford. And I like Vitor, nice guy. But I feel the same exact way about him. I feel the same way, same exact way about Anderson Silva. I feel the same exact way about everybody that I feel like has ever been busted cheating. Like not just once, but multiple times. That means that you have probably some sort of addiction to using it and cheating. Or you were cheating for so long, you got used to using it, thinking you could get away with it. So, and if you, all you guys, I can just hear it now. I can, I can read, I'm reading the comments. Okay. Right now I'm reading them. I'm like in my mind, I'm reading them. I can see the down there in the comment section. It says, yeah, but you know what? Bellator doesn't do this. Bellator doesn't do the USADA. What fucking good is USADA when the guy who used to help run the USADA program for the UFC is now working for the UFC, has an office in the fucking UFC headquarters. What good is it when you have, and this and the same exact thing happened back in the day with uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, guy. Mark Ratner now works for the UFC. The same stuff happens. Now, Mark was helping to try to get the, 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 the sport grown into other states, you know, and trying to make sure that it was considered to be legal. Like, what rules and adjustments do we need? But there's no fucking rule that says that it's okay to go ahead and allow somebody that has any type of steroid in their body to fucking fight. And literally to make adjustments, to make adjustments for them, to move the whole uh, event somewhere else, I felt bad for all the families that actually flew to Las Vegas to watch this fight. 
Okay, bought hotels, non-refundable hotels during the holiday season. Okay, non-refundable car rentals, non-refundable plane tickets, all those things that they bought. Then to say like, hey, we're going to go to LA. Dana White comes out and says, hey, this is just what it is. That to me, like lets you know that they'll go beyond any means to do whatever it takes to make a buck. And, I, and look, I agree. Most corporations, most, most businesses will do that. Okay, we're not we're not denying the fact that, you know, big corporations will do that. There's there's no doubt about that. Okay, but this right here just it just stinks, man. It stinks like it fucking smells really really bad. You know when you have all the things leading up to it. I've said this and people have hammered me before about it, but I've said it a couple times. When you have a company that is paying a doping company to do the test, they are now your employer. That's not there's no. They're not being they're not being biased at all, right? Like they're in their employer. They're they're telling them what to do. I pay you to do the doping in my company, and then now that person that was running that doping company now works for them, has an office for them in the UFC. If you guys, it's the things like this is what helped ruin boxing. Things like this is what's going to make MMA not MMA anymore. And you and it's 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 uh it's it's sad. Like for me, look, the one thing that I can say, look, with Scott Coker and P, and, and like we're gonna go back to this is is even with Strike Force, there was ne- and I've I've had this conversation with Scott Coker. Scott Coker has already told me he's like, look, I'd be. He said he'd be open for for having the drug testing, like the the advanced drug testing coming in, but it would have to be fully independent. It would have to be something that had nothing to do with them paying for it. It would have to be an independent company to do it because then th- this is exactly what's happening. They're paying USADA to apparently come in and do this, but who gets all the results first? Dana White does. Well, when do those re- results get released? As we saw in the Brock Lesnar fight with Mark Hunt, it gets released after the fight. So now you're allowing these people to, to fight that are, have tested hot. This thing here, now look, is what whether he had a certain amount of money, or not a certain amount of money, but a certain amount of uh, steroids still stuck in his fatty tissue. It was such a minute thing. People were equating it to like a, a pool filled with sand, and it was one sand grain in it. But look, I'm going to go back to this. At some point in time, he cheated, and he thought he could get away with it, and he probably was cheating for a while until he got caught. It wasn't like he just cheated for that one fight and then he got busted, okay? And then he kept going. Like, like he, that didn't happen. He'd probably been cheating for years before that. And which is really sad because the guy that has the most talent that doesn't need to cheat is him. I can understand, like, if it was... if That's what shocked me about Vitor Belford. You know, guys like Anderson, what are you guys cheating for? You guys are fucking some of the best in the world. And not because you guys were... There was moments there... Before, when they weren't, you could tell when they weren't cheating. Their physically, their body looked different, but they still were very good. You're like, wow. But then now you see them, and they're not—they're like a shadow of what they were. So, how long were they cheating? That's the thing. That's the mystery that surrounds this now. And you take a guy that's 25, 27, 28, like John Jones. When how long was he cheating? Was he cheating when he was 25? He didn't need to. He was so good. The stuff that he used to do to guys was, I mean, he's still doing to the guys, but it was impressive, man. This nasty good. 
You know what he did to Machida after he figured Machida out? What he did to Shogun Hua? Like those, like that was, those were nasty fights. And he was really good. Was he cheating then? When he won his titles then, was he cheating then? Like those are, those are all questions now that are all left in limbo. You can't, I'm going to continue to say this. You cannot be considered in the GOAT conversation if you've tested positive for steroids. Ever. There's an asterisk next to Barry Bond's name. There's a reason for that. He was in the steroid era. Like, you just can't. You just can't consider him the best anymore. I'm sorry. doesn't matter. I'm, ta I'm talking not just fighting. I'm talking other sports as well. Once you've tested positive, how long were you cheating? So with him, th there's no doubt in my mind that he is very good. And he's probably the athlete that didn't need to cheat at all and could still be where he is today, which is sad and upsetting to see that that we're going through all this now because I love watching the guy fight. I've always loved watching the guy fight. It's upsetting to see that the that the sport that I love, the sport that I I was like pretty much I feel like saved my life. I had no idea when I got done with college on what I wanted to do is being ruined and destroyed by something like this. It's causing doubt and shadiness around the sport itself. To say like, hey, we brought this company in. We pretty much pay them. We own them now. Like, and that's it. Like, we're, we're going to do what we want. We saw it with the Brock Lesnar and Mark Hunt situation. And we're seeing it again right now. This is blatant. Like, this is more blatant than the, the, the Brock Lesnar one. They were in a scramble. They needed to get somebody to fight, you know, to main event that card. That was the whole ordeal. Remember, then Anderson Silva stepped in to fight DC also. That whole card started to fall apart. And it all started with, I believe, the Nate, the Nate Diaz and the, the Nate Diaz and the, uh, Connor. and Connor fight that yeah. was supposed to main event that right, yeah. and uh, and it fell through. So that whole like, this is causing doubt amongst everybody that's watching this sport. People are going to start getting turned off. Oh, they're cheaters now. They're they're allowing they're doing things like this that are this is this is what helped ruin boxing. Things like this, just the backdoor dealings. The corruption, the this is what helped ruin boxing. So, and we're on our way. We're really on our way there. Now, <clears throat> everyone's gonna say the the with you know with Bellator, with Strike Force, with other companies. But look, they're doing exactly what the state regulates. They and I'm gonna tell you right now, the state actually in California, because that's the majority of the time where I fight in the state of California, they have upped their testing, and their testing is gone instead of where they would just only test you at the fight. And I remember them doing that. Like they sometimes would test you at the weigh-in or they test you at the fight, but you knew you were going to get tested. You know, and then the last couple of years, what they've done is they've tested you now sometimes two weeks before the fight and they test you again fight night. Sometimes they test you a month before the fight. So I like that format of them just periodically saying like, hey, you're here at the press conference. Let's test you now. I like that idea. I like the fact that they're doing those things. They should do... Like they should end up doing more things like that to start catching more cheaters. And when you get into this, when you get into allowing them, when you get into allowing the UFC to do things like this, because even when they moved it to, to California, Andy Foster was unaware of the amount of times he had failed other drug tests. And Jeff Nowitzki had just said, <clears throat> excuse me, he had said, yeah, he had failed a couple tests. But it was the mine. It was so minute that they weren't sure what to do, and the fact that they couldn't get him licensed in the 
Nevada should have told you that it was probably not a good idea for California to license him either. And so now you have Nevada and you have California and you have a doping agency all trying to work together and they're all trying to say these things. And they have the top scientists saying, yeah, there was no actual, there was no actual benefit to the amount that he had in his system. I could give two shits, man. You're condoning somebody who once cheated, thought he could continue to get away with it, got busted again. Then he got, then he was still cheating, got busted again. And then now there's remnants of it still left in his system. And now we're just going to go ahead and, and say like, well, it's just not enough to do anything about it. Like it's, it, it's time served. Cause what I'm hearing now from, from people from the UFC that their play is this is they're going to say this is double jeopardy. Their idea is to say that he's already served his time for this steroid test. Like, you know, it's double jeopardy that you can't, you can't serve him again for it. And I'm like, well, how do you know that he wasn't cheating? How do you know that these aren't new, that this isn't new steroids that, that he's just small, do, he's doing small doses of, of steroids, very small, minimal doses of steroids. Who you don't know? You don't know. That's the thing you you can't tell. These aren't new injections. These aren't new oral pills. These are who knows what they are, you know. And as science gets better, the steroids get better. So just don't don't just think like oh well the 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 science of of the testing is getting better because the steroids are getting better. So they have to get it better. There, there's ways athletes things like this they're, they're finding ways out to do this better, you know and and. You're allowing someone to fight. This will be uh, this. Is, you're allowing someone to fight. He's got to deal with the consequences of the time that he thought he was going to get away with cheating, and he thought he could get away with it for years, probably, and he probably was getting away with it for years. And now you're saying because it's stuck in his body that we should go ahead and allow him to continue to compete. And they're saying that it's double jeopardy that he's already been fine. I don't care. He should have thought of that beforehand. But before you talk about double jeopardy, if someone gets busted and gets gets thrown into jail for marijuana and he comes out and he gets busted smoking marijuana, guess what? It's a violation of probation. He goes back to jail. Okay? Or like he can get tested, like even if it's five years down the road, if he gets busted again with marijuana, he still goes back to jail. Not in California. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, let's use a different we'll use a different analogy. We'll use like you know. But you know what Dana said in the post fight that was kind of interesting. He said that um, they're still like in competition testing that, that they're still waiting for results for as well. So like we still don't even know if this if this whole thing is going to pan out in Jones's favor. Like depending. But on in competition, didn't they test? Him? I heard they tested him a couple times the week that they were having all this problem. Well, well. Yeah, they had sent him out to do more testing. Like maybe that maybe like before while he was when he signed the bout agreement, you know, um, that maybe that before that was in in competition training. I don't know. Who knows, man? But just to like leave it as just to leave it where it is right now is you're allowing you're allowing somebody who thought that they could get away with cheating to fight even when even though because there's a side effect is that it's stuck in his system. Well, it's stuck in your system because you cheated. Like it, who that it maybe it doesn't happen to everyone, but to you it happened. So the fact that it happened to you should be eye-opening to to the to everyone that you shouldn't be cheating and you shouldn't be allowed to fight. You should not be allowed to fight. I believe this same thing happened to some athlete that was playing football and it got stuck in his fatty tissues and the NC2A told him no, you cannot play football until 
until it's all out of your system. And it took three years for him to get out of his system. That's the guidelines that they should have. And if your career is gone and done by then, there's nothing we can do about it. Those, those, are, those are real consequences for what you did. Like you need to hold people accountable for their actions. That is something you need to hold them accountable for. He decided to do it. How long he has he been doing it? It got stuck in his system and now he's still testing positive. It's such a minute amount that the testing's so good now, but it's still it's still uh, detecting it. Well, as Eddie Alvarez and I will both agree to and attest to this, is you have guys like Frankie Yeager who's got kids. Eddie Alvarez, kids. Other other all these other guys have kids. But Eddie's never or not Eddie, but Frankie's never been a big guy. He could probably fight at 35. If he wanted to, he could probably cut to 25, would hate it, but we'll probably cut there. He's not a big guy. Fought at 55, became the champion there. Fought for the title a couple times at 45. The guy is not a big guy. You know guys like him are not using steroids. Guys like Eddie are not using. These guys, these they have, they have families to go home to. These other athletes, they have families to go home. I 100% agree with Eddie Alvarez. Zero amount should be left in your system before they allow you to fight. And the consequences of it being stuck in your fatty tissue, that's on you, man. You should have thought about that before you took it. We're in the hurt business. These guys got to go home to their families. You know, I want to see my grandmother before she passes. I want to go have Christmas with her. During the holiday season, it makes you appreciate those things. You know, I spent this last two weeks with family and to look around and to think to myself, I could be fucking brain dead because I fought some guy or somebody that was a cheater. Come on, man. Sure, I'm going overboard. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like the worst case scenario. But they're allowing this now. Like zero amount should be allowed in your system. And athletes that cheat and it, th things like this happen, you need to suffer the consequence. The consequences for your action are to not fight until it's all gone out of your system. And I don't give a fuck if the testing has gotten better. That's it. Bottom line. Done. That should be the argument for everybody. Doesn't matter if you're the favorite. Doesn't matter if like, oh, all of a sudden you don't have any stars anymore. Okay. I think real, people, everyone realized that the UFC is built around Dana White and a couple of their stars. And when the stars run out and they make too much money or they do whatever like Connor and they don't want to fight and they've got, they've got Dana on a leash, guess what? And Dana doesn't sell and Dana doesn't sell tickets because Dana's not fighting. But Dana's the forefront of the face. He's the face of the organization because he can replace any star for a little while until they build up another one. But to allow this to happen is, I think it's really shady. It's 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 shitty. It's shady, and it's it's upsetting to think that these these guys are allowing athletes that have a little bit, even a little bit, in their system to fight other fighters that are clean. It's unfortunate, ruining the sport that I've that I feel like has been there for me and saved my life and done a lot of things for me throughout my career to keep me to keep me to give me all the things that I, I worked really hard for. I always felt like it was it was something I could roll back on. Like, hey, this was this was the event. This this was these were this was the job that I always had dreamed about having. And I had it. And I did it. I lived it. You know? But I fought guys that cheated. And it's it's really upsetting. It's upsetting to know. You know? Enough on that. Let's talk. One of my all time favorite fighters, Cain Velasquez. 
just signed a fight, uh, Francis Ngannou. I'm extremely excited about that. That to me is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a great fight. I Look, I don't know how long, I believe he's been out for almost three years now. It's been over two. So <clears throat> I believe it's been three years. Kane hasn't fought, I don't think, in three years. He's been in a couple camps helping DC, uh, helping some of the other guys. I do recall him trying to get back in one time. It was full on, going to take a fight. Um, but then, you know, just started having some issues again. But he's been out for a bit. Look, Ngannou's tough. Not only is he tough, sure, he cannot wrestle. But in that first round, you have. I want to remind people. I want to remind people that Kane, he's got to close the distance. He's got to get in close. He's got to make sure that he makes it a dirty, gritty fighter. But... You, we've all seen what can happen when someone has as much power as Francis Ngannou does, like a Dos Santos does. Like when Kane fought Dos Santos the first time, I was like, yeah, there's no way that this guy's going to beat Kane. And look what happened. But then came back, Kane came back and had two all-out wars with the guy and was able to, you know, and was able to pull out both those wins. And I feel like that changed Dos Santos' career. Like he's never been, I don't think he's ever been the same fighter since then. But that being said, you look at Kane's been out for how long? Since July 2016. Yeah, UFC 200 was his last fight against Travis Brown. What is that? How many years? Two and a half. Two and a half years. So by the time this fight actually takes place, it'll probably be close to three. When are they fighting? February? It's actually January, so it's coming up. Oh, it's Oh, no, up. wait, wait, wait. It's February 17th. It's February 17th, yeah. Jeez. So, look, man. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of expectations, I think, out of him. He had a lot of issues with, uh, with the contract. He's excited to be fighting. I believe they're fighting in Phoenix, Arizona. He's excited to be down that way. Look, it's it's going to be a big night for him. He's got to get back on track. He's got to get the win. And then, look, the only fight I really see for him after that was John Jones. The only fight I see, if people want to call John Jones the GOAT, the only fight that I could see him to, to make, to, to say that he is the GOAT, and, I, and you can't call him the GOAT because he's a cheater, but the fight that I would like to see is him and Cain Velasquez. Hey, do you think if he beats Francis, does he automatically go back in the top five based on? Yeah, his I think yeah. If he beats Francis, he's pretty much right. I think I think they'll make him the number one contender. Who's the, who's the number one contender right now? Stipe. Ooh, they may they may make him fight Stipe. And so let's say he beats Francis, right, and then uh, he gets back in there, and like he's in title contention talk. Do you think Cormier walks away from the title? Yeah, DC's gonna fight Brock. He's done. You think that's what? Yeah, I think hundred percent. Dana said last night too that DC's got like three more fights in him. No, no. DC will do whatever the hell he wants. And I can tell you this right now that all of this right here, all of this action that's going on with uh, with with the USADA and the UFC, it's not making him happy. Yeah. You know, you think about it. You can tell by looking at DC. He's not a cheater. <laughs> you know, you look at him. You look at uh, you know, you look at Kane. You know, like, you look at these guys, they're not cheaters. Are you calling yeah. them fat? Nah, they're, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, they get, they, get some, they get a couple abs that break through during camp time, you know. But they're not. Look at it. So, I mean, all that being said, uh, it's, not, it's not making them happy. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know. And the other thing as well is, I don't know, is he going to ESPN or is he staying with Fox? That's the other thing. Is DC going to ESPN or is he staying with Fox? There's been no real clarity on that, has there? Is there what? There's been no like clarity on that. Like it's not been. Well, no... I, I I understand that like Kenny Florian's not going. Like Fox is done. He's done. He's not going to ESPN. Mm. So Kenny's done. 
Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what. I don't know what or where or what's going on. It's a. It's a strange. It's it's a strange hard. It's a strange hard world. You know. Um, all these guys are hustling to do their work and their job. I mean, like being a being a analyst and a commentator and and these things. It's just tough to see how well Morrow has done. You know, I've known Morrow for years, and uh, you know. <clears throat> But look at look at look at the UFC just let go of Jimmy Smith. That's right. You know, so Jimmy Smith is gone. Kenny Florian's gone. I mean, I don't know if Karen Bryant's going over to ESPN or not. You know, she uh, she was with Fox, but I think her contract expired when the contract with the, with the UFC expired. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting to see. But you know, they got Ariel and they've got Chael that are there doing that. The bad guy show, I think, is what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but um, look, the fight between the the. I, I think the fight that they'll do, they'll probably have Kane, if Kane beats Ngannou, they'll probably have Kane fight Stipe or Derek Lewis. I would imagine Stipe. Just to be honest, I would imagine Stipe. They're, they're just, the UFC just doesn't seem like they have, they're a big fan of, of Stipe. You know? So they're going to have Kane fight him, potentially try to beat him. Then that pushes Stipe out for a while. And then Kane will, and then, you know, Kane will probably fight for a vacant title maybe against Derek Lewis or someone I just don't think they want to give I don't think they want to give Stipe a chance to become the champion again for whatever reason it just it seems like they don't they never really did a great job promoting him like the numbers weren't great when he fought I mean there was a bunch of different reasons but I'm sure but you know we'll see I mean that whole heavyweight division right now is um I mean they're, they're all older I mean, you have some younger up-and-comers, you know, but Dos Santos is older, Overeem's older, Volkov is kind of younger, uh, Blades is younger. I don't know how old Ngano is. Derek Lewis, I I think he's Ngano's 28. 32. Derek Lewis, how old is Derek Lewis? Oh, Ngano is 32. Oh, he's 32, so he, even he's not that young, you know. So, <clears throat> how old is Derek Lewis? Mm. I love that guy, man. <laughs> he's so fucking funny. love that dude. Uh, he's 33. He's 33, so even he, yeah, he's not that. I thought he was, for some reason, I thought he was 29. I don't know why. I love watching him fight, though. Fuck, he's fun. I, I forgot he fought DC. Totally forgot it. Yeah, that was the fight in New York. Yeah. Yeah, that was the fight in New York, man. All right, man. Well, that was uh, that the the, DC, the the Kane fight. I realistically, I'd like to see him fight. He's gonna fight Kane. Kane's gonna fight Ingano. If he beats that fight, they'll probably have him fight Stipe. Maybe even on the same card as Daniel and Brock when that fight ever comes out comes to fruition, or Brock will DC and Brock will fight April or May, and then Kane will be ready to fight, and then DC will probably vacate right there on the spot after he beats Brock, you know, and then Kane will potentially fight Stipe for the vacant title. I could see that happening as well. You know, then after that, the only other fight I'd really like to see Kane fight would be Derek Lewis, just because I like Derek Lewis. I love watching him fight. He's or, fucking fun. Or Kane beats DC, and then no. Oh, sorry, I mean Brock beats DC, goes back to WWE, w- walks out to the ring to like do his celebration, and then Kane comes out in a Lucha, Lucha Libra mask, <laughs> and then challenges Brock to the WWE title match. Yeah, beats him for that, and then challenges him in a UFC match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my wet dream. Yeah, yeah, that sounds totally stupid. <laughs> totally ridiculous. No, no, I get uh that there are there are a lot of talks that that DC has been talking with the WWE. Yeah, 
And that he's saying like a commentary gig or something like that. They're saying. Yeah, there. So I mean, I would imagine if he's gonna do commentary, that he'll probably get in the ring too every yeah. once in a while. I think there'll be something leading up to it. You know, what I mean, uh, I like the way I like the way DC talks shit. He just has that voice and that yeah, does. that aura about him that I think would do really well. Um, you know, all in all, I think he's he's taking care of his body pretty well and he's done a good job. So I don't see any I don't see any issues with him uh, being able to. To, to do that as well after he's done so who knows man i think the sky's the limit for him he'll you know hopefully i know he's made a pretty good amount of money and he's gonna make good money with the brock fight i think he'll make uh you know if he does fight again it'll be interesting to see i'm excited who knows who knows all right what else and that's about the biggest news uh What's up and coming? I don't think there's much. There's the January 19th, but we've got ages to talk about that. Um, the ESPN card and then Bellator's next one's January 26th. So mm-hmm. there's a long time. Before. Yeah, we got some time. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot. Yeah, this is kind of the dead time for fights. It's surprising that the UFC even puts fights on like around this New Year's time. I know that tomorrow night is uh, or not. Yeah, tomorrow night is Ryzen, which right. is uh, Darian Caldwell is fighting uh, Horiguchi, I believe his name is. Uh, talented young man. I've trained with him a couple times, and then the Mayweather fight is happening, I guess, with um, with uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Tension. Tension. Nasukawa. Nasukawa. Yeah, it's gonna be a boxing. You know, people are. It's so funny. I, I was reading some of the news, and then they were like, "Oh, he's lighting up the mitts. He's doing this. He's doing that." I'm like, "Dude, please stop." <laughs> I'm like, "Just stop." He's, he looks quick, he looks fast, but he looks like he has no power in his hands. You know, like, you're, we're talking Floyd Mayweather. I mean, it's this is different, man. It's different. You know? I mean, I, 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 I gave Connor a chance. I gave him a puncher's chance only based on that he was significantly bigger than him. But if you scroll up like we were just showing, tension's actually smaller than Mayweather. So I, I give him even less of a chance. Uh, yeah. And then, look... Just to be honest, we're talking. We're also talking like Pride. Pride had people had known that Pride had sometimes had talked about there was works involved and you know Rising Dream like the just the Japanese shows that have sometimes have been told that there was works involved. I don't really know what you call this. You call this an expedition, an ex, exhibition, expedition, exhibition. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'd be really surprised. I'd be really surprised if tension even tries to hit him. Just to be honest, just to be honest. And you gotta, you gotta realize they're throwing some money at Floyd for him to do this. I mean, a lot of money, a lot. With it being three rounds, do you think it will stay at three minutes around? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. It's crazy, man. I don't even know. Probably getting millions to. Box for nine minutes. How crazy would it be though if he knocked him out? No. <laughs> crazy. It if doesn't it, go on as I, I don't know if it'll be three rounds because as it says, uh, a three-round exhibition boxing match. Yeah, but no, not three rounds. Uh, three minutes. No, three-round exhibition boxing match with yeah, three legend. three rounds. Or does it say three minutes around? No, it says a three-round. Yes, I was saying I don't know if it'll be three minutes around. Oh. Three minutes per round, like that's what I'm saying. That's what I was asking. Oh, you I don't know. I don't know. It might be five. It might be five minute rounds. I don't know. Crazy. He fights kickboxing, so probably three minute rounds. I think. Crazy. The kid's gonna go hard for three rounds. They probably gonna get slapped. 
if if uh, Floyd wants to hit him. Oh man. Anyways, I, yeah, I'm gonna try to tune in and watch that. That should be a good show, man. I'm excited for that. That'll be it. Like, what are you doing for New Year? I think we're gonna do an event here at the gym. Mm, like a midnight. Eleven o'clock. We'll do like a workout, mm. and then, and then uh, twelve o'clock. We'll do champagne bottle popping. Yeah, some some uh, fifty cent champagne, baby. Oh, Le Cham d'Ois. <laughs> uh all right guys well hey that was my punk's opinion on uh the past couple couple days and the events leading up to this uh holiday season i want to wish everyone a happy new year and uh make sure you guys hit the subscribe button on the youtube channel itunes soundcloud google play um what else am i missing and just uh give us a follow man listen up and then follow me at out the real punk follow at sammy and the punk uh, on IG and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, hit hit the subscribe button on those things. Get the updates. Get the notifications. See when we post stuff. Uh, I'll tell you right now, man. This 2019 is going to be a good year. So let's get this thing going. And uh, make sure you guys share. Please share our stuff. Share our content as much as you can. And I really appreciate it. And hope you guys liked it. And, uh, you know, leave comments in the comment sections. I like to go through and, and talk shit. And, uh, and also say thank you. Every once in a while. So um, I appreciate the, the follows. I appreciate the listens. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed. And uh, Josh Thompson out. I'm here with uh, producer Dave. Peace. Peace.